Welcome to another edition of the INI podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Aspel. I'm part of the administrative staff here at the Institute. Uh, today, I'm sitting down with uh, Suzanne Kilger, uh, who has been a long-term participant on uh, one of 2018's final programmes. So, Suzanne, hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so, tell us a little bit about the programme that you've been part of. Okay, I've been part of the programme Scaling Limit, uh, Rough Path and Quantum Field Theory. Um, it started at the beginning of September and um, yeah, it went until, or it will go until the 21st of December. Now only quite a few people are left, uh, but uh, yeah, it was a quite intense program for me. So I'm a PhD student um, uh, in my for, in my last year. Um, so it was quite, uh, kind of, um, at the beginning, quite frightened to be in this uh, mm. um, area with all these uh, really good uh, researchers. So quite senior people you're surrounded yeah. by, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, I mean, I, I learned a lot. I really worked a lot. Uh, my PhD thesis really um, extended a lot, and uh, <laughs> on my, my 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 background knowledge was really uh, yeah, um, it immensely increased. So it was really good. Mm, fantastic, and um, so it's a rare opportunity. I, I spoke previously to uh, another PhD student who taking part in a similar program, and. Um, it's, it must be quite a rare opportunity to spend a four-month period of your PhD research with uh, leading figures in, in that field. Exactly, I think yeah. that must be fair to say. And no wonder it seemed intimidating. It sounds, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but it sounds intimidating to me uh, to be surrounded by people who are yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the edge of the research. Um, so I presume that that attitude changed after the first few weeks or the first month. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All the mathematicians are... Uh uh, mostly very nice, so yeah, yeah, it, it was no problem. But, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you're based uh, at Bonn yeah. uh, in Germany, and like, tell me about the uh, specifics of. Well, that's probably too big a question. Tell me about a broad picture about your PhD. What what is it that you've been working towards? Um, you mean the, oh, the, the subject, mathematical yeah. the subject? Yeah. Okay, I'm in mathematical physics, <clears throat> which is, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, um, I I was educated. Uh, more in analysis and then um, during my master thesis I, I came into this field of mathematical physics where I use uh, tools from analysis and probability uh, t- um, for uh, yeah to understand models in mathematical physics and um, so yeah what I do exactly is uh, of course very hard to explain <laughs> um, I mean I can um, so so these problems in mathematical physics uh, they are motivated by physics problems and um, they they can be uh, can be told um, like better than than <laughs> than the math which is uh, hidden. So this I can uh, try to explain. If uh, yeah, please. I mean, if you think yeah. you can explain it in a way that I can understand, I'd, I'd be thrilled to I hear mean, it. <laughs> part of I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the motivation for my work stems from material sciences. Um, so imagine uh, imagine you have some material and you want to understand uh, like how the material reacts to force. So mm-hmm. like. I don't know if you have a car and you um, you want to understand when the car is like crashing somewhere, then the force should should be not led to the persons inside the car, but kind of led uh, above or below, mm-hmm. um, redirected. And um, to understand uh, how material reacts to force, one has to really understand very well the material itself. So one could go to the atomic scale uh, and um, impose some energy there. 
and then try to get an impression how this energy you impose on this really microscopic scale, how this uh, then corresponds to an energy on the macroscopic scale, so how, how this, uh, this is related. And this procedure, going from microscopic scale to macroscopic scale, is if you want to do it mathematically rigorous, uh, then it's very hard. And mm. um, this kind of procedure, it's called renormalization group or one method to do this procedure is renormalization group method and this is the method the mathematical method i use that's, that's so, fascinating yeah so the i mean you used an example there which was very uh, straightforward for some a non-mathematician to understand uh, of the force hitting an object and then you're trying to protect someone inside a car for example but it seems in ways that perhaps i can't uh, think of immediately that that has a lot of applications uh to related to presumably related to industry or, or beyond Yeah, yeah, exactly. But but in fact, I mean, the the, uh, the research I do is quite far from the real applications. Right? Okay. We have to simplify the models and simplify more in order uh, to to prove really stuff uh, rigorously. So yeah. so I mean, f physicists also tackle these kind of problems, but they uh, don't uh, want to prove it really rigorously. Mm. So they do like simulations, and so they understand quite uh, quite uh, many models, I think, and, and, and they really have this kind of uh, direct application. Um, well, but we, um, unfortunately, we really want a, a, a rigorous proof, and so we have to simplify models such that, um, yeah, they are quite far from reality, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you were saying there about like, you're looking down to the atomic level. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for you, would you say that for you, like a, a truly rigorous proof would be something which could map that movement from the atomic level up to the exactly. macro scale, which is astonishing, really. I mean, is that how feasible is that? Is that something which you ever, people have achieved in other fields within mathematics or is that something which you know, to, to, to create a rule uh, or a formula which can apply to something from the atomic level up to the? I mean, yeah, there there are techniques and methods, mm. but yeah, um, depending on, on on the model at atomic atomic scale, it's quite uh, hard to get this than this um, scaling up to scaling. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But there are there are methods, and yeah, mm. one quite elaborate method is this renormalization group technique. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and so, obviously, the four month period that you've been here, I mean, how, how much has your research and that of the program moved along in that period? Do you think? Okay, so. Um, I was I, I had studied like three years, so I, I was at a three-year period of my PhD when yeah. I arrived here, and I I had um I think so so my results so I have one 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 big result in my PhD and I had kind of um, I I had it kind of but I it improved a lot here due mm. to discussions uh, with other people and uh, due to hard work <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really got a um, a nice uh, nice draft of my PhD already so it's really uh, at a really good shape uh, now fantastic yeah yeah. so there's not much left uh, to finish it well, that's like a wonderful only, feeling only I'm sure really, yeah. really tiny things yeah so when does it come to an end your PhD when do you hand it in um, I hope to hand it in like in February or so okay like, yeah. so you've got a month off now you've yeah. got January with nothing to do because it's already finished <laughs> yeah like, yeah there are small things but uh, in fact yeah it's yeah. good yeah oh well congratulations that's yeah. great news um, there, there's a, another element here which is that we've had a discussion before um, off microphone uh, about uh, especially mathematical physics uh, being uh, quite male dominated mm -hmm. I think that's fair to say I mean mathematics in general uh, has a gender imbalance which uh, all of us are working towards redressing. But I think mathematical physics is perhaps um, one of the worst for uh, having a larger number of men than okay. women. Um, 
How do you feel working in this field uh, as as a woman, as a, as a woman mathematician? It's you are definitely a minority. Does that affect your work or your you know, your experience of your research? Yeah, very much indeed. Um, so I'm I really I have no role models or almost no role models, and this is really a big problem for me. That so all the time I really feel I'm just too bad doing these things. Um, I don't uh, think that I can really proceed in academia or. Um, so there's a big, yeah, I'm really afraid of, of, of being too bad all the time. And of course, this affects my, my, my work uh, a lot. So, um, yeah. Yes, that, that sounds very challenging. And, uh, so at the moment, I'm at the stage where I, I should apply for a postdoc position since it's to start in, in, in autumn 2019. And um, I mean, I do it, but I'm not convinced that I'm, I'm the person who, 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 can, uh, con, uh, con, uh, who can do a job in academia since I think uh, I'm too bad. And this is, I think it's just because um, then I have no role models yeah. and uh, yeah, I have no, yeah, no examples to see, oh, women can do math. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, do you find any um, support or, or lack of support from amongst your peers, um, that, you know, amongst, let's say, the rest of the program or perhaps back, at, back in Bonn, you know, the rest of your faculty? Um, do you find, you say you have no role models, do you find that there's not necessarily a, a good amount of support from the people around you encouraging you to, to remind you that, in fact, you're taking part in a program here and you're finishing a PhD and you are you know, an extremely capable mathematician? Um, I mean, there, um, I experience a lot of support. Hmm. Um, but um, I have to kind of ask for it, you know. So, sure. so, so, so there are almost um, only men around me, and they don't realize the problem, of course. So, how, so I have to tell them, and then I get a lot of support. So my advisor is really supporting me a lot, and um, so this is not the problem. But uh, yeah, I still have to convince myself, kind of, that uh, I'm capable of uh, all these mm. things. So you say you have no role mo- no role models. Sorry. So it seems that there aren't there aren't any women in the positions that you your ambitions would lead you to. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean there are a few women, but uh, a few women, but uh, most of them then, for example, have no family or no no children. So this sure. is yeah, it's difficult for me. Yeah, uh, and do you, I mean there's, presumably there's a sort of uh, it sounds like there's a kind of unspoken atmosphere of well you either continue with your academic studies or you have a family and you you can't do both yeah or there are really just very very few um women who yeah uh, follow the academia path and uh, and have a family and children and, yeah yeah which seems like an absurd choice to be forced to make it should be both should be readily available yeah. um yeah it's very interesting to talk to you about this and um as you've already reached i mean you say that the, the confidence to apply for your postdoc positions you know it can be knocked quite easily um but from my point of view speaking to you about the work you're doing it seems illogical that you wouldn't because you're already at this very high level would you say that um being a female mathematician um has had challenges just to get to the stage that you're at now compared to let's say your male counterparts would you say that they perhaps have had a more straightforward journey to get to the stage that you're at now um i mean um Apparently not, but there's um, there's always this uh, self-confident issue, right? Yeah. So, um, and this uh, this uh, um, followed me through my whole uh, education. Like I always thought, no, how do, do I uh, dare doing mathematics? I, I cannot do it, and it was just yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's interesting how these are um, very strong cultural forces, aren't they? And it's some, somehow 
it can be quite difficult to explain that to people that don't immediately see them. They, you know, they perhaps don't believe that they exist. But we speak to a lot of um, uh, women uh, who come to the Isaac Newton Institute who tell very, very similar stories um, mm. about this sort of ingrained culture, I suppose you would call it. And um, what do you think we can do to help address this in the future? I mean, is, if you're saying that you've got no role models, it would take you know, tremendous um, strength of character, wouldn't it, to yeah. be the pioneer yeah. and then become that role model for other women. Is that the way that we can get out of this? Is that is is um, the way out that people like yourself can become the role models for the next generation? Or should we be focusing our attentions elsewhere, do you think? Um, so I'm not sure if I understood uh, correctly. So you mean... Yeah. Um, so if you, uh, you were to become... Uh, the senior academic yeah. that uh, you would like to be and then you yourself would be acting as a role model for future yeah. uh, for younger women um, is that the best way to address yeah. this situation you think yeah, yeah absolutely so and it's also very good to hear like women speaking up uh, telling their stories it's very important for me and uh, telling their private life kind of uh, hmm. um, yeah and so increasing uh, the, uh, the role models it's yeah. very important Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you'll be finished here uh, this week, and yeah. uh, and I'm guessing you'll then be heading back to Bonn. Yeah. And what does uh, Christmas and New Year hold for you, other than your PhD, if I can ask? What are you looking forward to when you head back to Germany? So I have like uh, seven or eight days uh, only at home with my husband, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and we we want to just uh, spend like very quiet days and uh, um, yeah walking around, uh, yeah, just uh, relaxing. Have you seen much of each other during your time here in Cambridge? Has he been visiting or have you been heading home? Um, we try to see us like every two or three weeks, so quite a lot, yeah. But still, it's yeah. difficult to be away from your loved ones, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, good, well, that's, that sounds like a wonderful Christmas. And um, yeah. and then January, I presume there will be a lot of focus on your PhD. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause and I'm all, looking forward to Although it. you feel confident, there's, there's always more work to do. You can always <laughs> read it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Great. Oh, well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me, Suzanne. And um, I, I wish you all the best for the future. I look forward to seeing how your career progresses. I hope it continues in the upward trend uh, that it's on now. And, uh, and I hope you know that you have our support and I'm sure a lot of yeah. other support uh, from your peers and colleagues. Thank you. Thank you very much.